This is Downstream, a podcast by the Rocky Mountain Outlook. I'm Aaron Toombs, producer of Downstream, and my guest today is Cam Westhead. Cam is the MLA for Banff Cochrane, newly appointed chair of the Endangered Species Conservation Committee and deputy government whip. We discuss Cam's role as an advocate for the Bow Valley, government work, and community engagement. Next on Downstream. This podcast has been brought to you by Strides Canmore, the only dedicated running store in the Bow Valley. Located beside Starbucks in Canmore, they have an extensive selection of running shoes, apparel, and gear for all levels of runners and walkers alike. Over 35 models of running shoes to fit every size of foot. Check us out at stridescanmore.com. Cam, thanks for coming on the downstream today. Uh, I'd like to start off by getting you to explain just how you became the MLA for our area. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Thanks for having me on downstream. And I think it's really neat to um, help your readers get behind the headlines and understand more about the details of things. You know, the, what really interests me in getting involved in politics uh, is my background as a registered nurse. I was working in the operating room at the Foothills Hospital. Uh, and the job of a nurse is to be an advocate, um, not just in their day-to-day work, uh, but also for the system that they work in. And so, um, you know, being an advocate for the healthcare system, uh, you can't help but be involved in provincial politics. Um, so I kind of got more involved and, and was watching uh, the decisions that were getting made. And when the 2015 election was coming around and the, the Conservative government at the time was planning about a billion dollar cut to healthcare, and I knew that the system was already stretched and cutting that large amount of uh, funding out of the system would only make things worse. And so uh, I was encouraged to run and and get more involved. Um, You know, it's easy to stand on the sidelines and say that things should be different, but uh, I wanted to make sure to to have a say and and be part of the decision-making process and and bring my experience as a frontline worker uh, to the table and, and stand up and fight for healthcare. And do you feel like you've been effective in that? Do you feel like this was the right choice to make? Yeah, I, you know, one of the first actions we did as a government uh, was reverse the plan for uh, the $1 billion cut that the Conservatives were planning. Um, and we also restored funding to education as well. And so, you know, of course, my background is in healthcare, uh, but throughout the campaign, I really came to understand there's there's so much more um, uh, that that could have been done differently. Um, for example, the in the 2015 election, the Conservatives weren't planning to fund for new student enrollment. Uh, they wanted to freeze spending. So that would have meant larger class sizes and and a worse experience for kids in school. And so those are the kind of reasons I wanted to get involved and, and make a positive difference. Now, in previous conversations, Cam, you've mentioned that you became, I, I guess that's the word you want to use, mm-hmm. is, is advocate. Maybe you can expand on that a little bit, explain what you mean by that. Sure. Um, like during during the campaign, you know, like I say, healthcare was my background, so it's something I knew well. But what I wanted to do during the campaign was learn about the issues and priorities that were uh, important to constituents and, and residents. And, you know, some of the things that came forward uh, loud and clear were environmental issues, things like forestry practices, uh, water conservation, uh, wildlife and, and vegetation protection and those kind of things. And so I, I took it on myself to 
connect with community members who were uh, involved with those those issues to learn more about uh, what they were asking for, uh, what some of the solutions were. And then, you know, like you say, as an advocate, um, try to go to bat for those people and, and stand up for those issues as well. Now, when you say you're going to bat for your constituents, what do you mean by that? How, how does that process work for you, Cam? Well, I like to learn. Um, I, people have told me I'm a good listener. And so I like to go and meet, and meet with people who are on the front lines uh, of these things. And, and it also extends to places like tourism, um, small business. You know, I'm not an expert in any of these things, but I want to know directly from the people who, who do have experience. So once I go in and learn and listen from them or to them, then I can take that back to my caucus colleagues uh, and also the cabinet ministers who are responsible for those portfolios uh, and make sure that they're hearing the perspectives of people in the Bow Valley. You know, it's a very unique constituency uh, here. It's largely based on tourism and it's, it's so much different than the rest of the province's economy. So for the Valley to have a really strong voice uh, in the government to help um, cabinet man- ministers and caucus members know what the priorities and, and unique features of this constituency are, uh, that's something that I really bring to the table. And do you feel like you've been effective in, in bringing the concern of the constituency back to your uh, caucus members? Uh, I guess that's ultimately up to uh, to uh, Vova Lee residents to judge. Uh, but looking at my track record, um, you know, we've taken action on things like affordable housing, uh, seniors housing, public transit, the environment. Um, you know, we're also looking at uh, things at the Nordic Centre, upgrades to the Nordic Centre. And so, you know, taking some of the priorities that I heard during the campaign and, and ever since, you know, there's, of course, there's still a lot more work to do, um, but we have taken action a lot on a lot of those priority areas. And, and so I feel like it's been fairly effective. Okay, maybe you can walk us through, like, let's get a little inside baseball here. How, how does that constituency process work? How do people get a hold of you? Mm. How do you take those concerns back to your caucus members? How do you get your other caucus members to listen to your concerns yeah. and the constituents' concerns? Well, I like to try to make myself as available as possible in the community. Um, I like to attend events um, so that people can feel comfortable approaching me and get to know me, but also having one-on-one meetings uh, in the office uh, where people have specific issues or concerns that they'd like to discuss. I have an open door policy whereby, you know, if someone wants to have a meeting with me, I'm more than happy to do so. I, you know, I, I'm still learning, even though it's been three years, I've, I've got a lot to learn and there's a lot of uh, unique perspectives out there. And so... You know, someone will come to me at a meeting and, and bring up a certain issue, and then I can take it back to my caucus colleagues uh, when we have caucus meetings uh, or have one-on-one meetings with ministers as well to to help them uh, understand the unique challenges and opportunities here. Now, Cam, you, you have a lot of ministers coming out to the Bow Valley here. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that speaks to the interest that the government has in the Bow Valley? Yeah, I mean, there's so many opportunities here. Um, you know, tourism is is a great economic driver for the for the province. There's a lot of growth potential here. Um, you know, the tourism industry is already doing a fantastic job, but but there's always growth potential, and and they recognize that, and the government recognizes that, and and with with that, the affordability of the valley uh, really plays a factor in in helping ensure that um, we have a whole community where where everybody is welcome. You know, uh, everybody from people who wash dishes to CEOs and, and corporate executives. We want to have a community here that is is accepting and affordable to everybody. And when ministers come to visit, um, it helps them understand again those the, the unique challenges of living in the mountains. You know, we're we're a bit of a rural community here, and so traveling to places like Calgary for medical appointments, for example, can be a, a challenge for people. 
going to university or going to college, you know, all of those things are a little bit more challenging here. And uh, the cabinet ministers wanted to come and, and make sure they understand those things too. Now, when people are coming and talking to you and, and trying to consult with you in order to get their perspectives heard with the government, are we talking political issues or are we talking more, I guess, day-to-day -day type issues? I would say both. Um, you know, sometimes people uh, run into roadblocks accessing government services. And uh, my staff and I, uh, that's one of our key jobs is to, is to help make sure when, when people encounter uh, difficulties or they may just not know who to turn to. Uh, that's what my staff and I are there for. Uh, is to help people with day-to-day -day issues, you know, things like AISH, uh, accessing grants for uh, home improvements for seniors and that kind of thing. But also political issues. You know, people uh, want to see the government m move more on certain issues uh, in terms of protecting the environment and forestry is is one of the things I hear often about. And and so it, it runs the gamut and and that's what makes the job really interesting. Now, I think it's fair to say that the, the Bow Valley is a, a fairly liberal place in Alberta. It definitely has a different type of politics than the rest of the province. But there still is a, a fairly strong conservative movement here in the Valley. How do, you, how do you balance your work as an NDP member and also representing those people in the government? Um, you know, when I, when I look at um, our government's track record and philosophy, it, it compares favorably to the legacy of Peter Locke. You know, he was, he was a common sense conservative. It was, it's, it's about taking care of people and, and ensuring that all Albertans can participate in the economy. Um, you know, Alberta is a very prosperous province and we have a lot of opportunities. And my philosophy, and I think the philosophy of our party, is that nobody should be left behind. We're here to take care of everybody. You know, certainly when people work hard, they deserve to, to, to get ahead. But we also, we can't leave people behind. And, and so that's why we want to, you know, ensure people have um, every opportunity available to them. Now, Cam, your, your work as a MLA doesn't just extend to your constituency and, and taking those concerns back to Edmonton. You also have a fairly considerable track record working on committees. Maybe mm -hmm. you can explain exactly what committees are and how that sort mm -hmm. of affects how the, the politics of Alberta. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the most valuable committees that I've uh, had an opportunity to participate in um, from my perspective is... The ministerial panel on child intervention. Uh, so that was struck uh, a, a bit more than a year ago in, in February of 2017. Uh, and it was looking at sort of the foster care program when, when children have to be taken into care. There was a heavy overrepresentation of Indigenous children in that system. And so one of the mandates of the committee was to help ensure that the system is working as it should and that, that foster kids or, or kids, rather, sorry, kids in care were looked after in the best possible way. Uh, so the committee traveled around the province and hearing from First Nations communities, uh, and we invited input from experts uh, and and Albertans at large. And you know some of the stories we heard on our on our travels were were heartbreaking. And there was also an opportunity for hope, though. You know everybody that we talked to knew that the system could be better and were invested in in doing what they had to do to to make it better. And so I'm really proud of the work that panel had done. And there's a, going to be an action plan coming out from the Ministry of Children's Services in June to short, sort of show how we can move forward with that. And, and how does that work sort of fit into the larger picture of how the government works? Oftentimes, committees will sort of take on, have challenges uh, delegated to them so that they can take a closer look. So, for example, uh, I think a, a process that a lot of Albertans were interested in uh, was a private member bill for daylight saving time and whether or not we should uh, abolish daylight saving time. 
So that uh, was a private member's bill that was referred to one of the committees by the legislature. Uh, that committee undertook really significant consultations with Albertans. Uh, they heard from thousands of Albertans, um, stakeholders, businesses, and, and that kind of thing. And that, that committee was given more resources in order to, to do a very thorough consultation. Uh, as a result of that, in that instance, the committee didn't recommend moving forward with abolishing daylight saving time because other jurisdictions weren't ready to do that. So the committee's recommendation was to wait until other jurisdictions are also ready to follow so that we're not out of step with our trading partners. How important is the committee work in order to bring legislation to the government? The committees, you know, they, they get things referred to them uh, by the legislature. And so it, it gives them a bit of a deeper dive in, into those uh, issues. And so the, the committee is able to sort of call witnesses, uh, maybe witnesses aren't the right word, but uh, call on Albertans to provide written or oral feedback to the committee so that they can study those things in depth. You know, oftentimes in, in a parliamentary system like Canada has, uh, it's oftentimes cabinet that's responsible for looking at the details of legislation. Uh, and committee work allows private members who, who aren't a part of cabinet to be a, a part of that process uh, in, in speaking with stakeholders and making recommendations to the government. And, and so it's a kind of a way of ensuring that, you know, everybody in the, in the legislature has an opportunity to participate in, in decision making. Now, you, you're also active on a number of other committees and you've been previously on those committees. Cam, maybe you can explain what some of those committees were and the role you played on them. Sure. Uh, I was involved with the Public Accounts Committee for a while. And that committee looked at Auditor General reports. So the Auditor General would uh, examine uh, various programs that ministries would deliver and uh, ensure that Albertans were getting the value that they were expecting. Uh, so for example, if, if a program had a certain kind of deliverable uh, that was expected, the Auditor General would ensure that there are systems in place to that the money is being spent correctly and that the outcomes that are expected were actually achieved. And so on the Public Accounts Committee, uh, we would have uh, ministries come before the committee and uh, talk about the Auditor General's report uh, on the program uh, that they were looking at. And, and we could ask the members of the ministry, you know, the Auditor General may have raised certain concerns and, and what is the ministry doing to address those? Uh, so it's a way to ensure that Albertans are getting the best value for the money and that the outcomes that they're expecting are actually realized. How did you how did you become involved with these? Do you do you personally pick these, or are you appointed to them? Um, members express their interest in in uh, participating on certain committees, and uh, ultimately, it's uh, oftentimes an agreement between the house leaders of the various parties about who gets on what committee. So we're talking really about all the parties being involved. Yeah, that's right. They're all party committees, and uh, the makeup of the committee uh, reflects the uh, proportion in the in the legislature in general. So you, you know, if you have about 60% NDP members, there would be 60% NDP members on, on the committee uh, and and across the board for the other parties. Too. Now, I know in, in American politics, they've often talked about how committees there are less raucous than the actual legislature. I guess their their Senate, their congressional uh, floor actions. Is that same in Alberta here? Are, are committees more congenial between colleagues rather than sort of the combative thing we see in question period? Yeah, I think the term for that is constructive partisanship. It, you know, we're we're all wanting the same thing. Everybody wants to be or to, to make Alberta the best province it can be. And so, you know, especially when you're sitting at a, a table very close to one another, you, you can see the sincerity of everybody and, and how they want to 
uh, work together and, and make this province the best it can be. And so, yeah, I would say that, um, you know, the, the partisan nature of the committees is, is less pronounced, but it's, it's definitely still there too. And Cam, you have one other very important role in government here, something that people probably don't know about. Mm. You're the deputy whip for the, the NDP. Yeah. How, how does that work? What is that, what is that role? Um, I like to sometimes think of it as a bit of a symphony conductor. You know, we're in the whip's office is in charge of scheduling members to be in the house. Um, and also, you know, not not every single MLA can always speak to every single bill. And so we try to uh, utilize the, the strengths of our members and their constituencies uh, in trying to prioritize who who can speak to what bill. You know, it's, uh, it's not a, about permission per se, but it's it's trying to prioritize um, MLAs when uh, a legislation might affect their constituency more than others. We want to make sure that they have an opportunity to speak on that legislation uh, and, and be a part of that discussion. We also do things uh, like just, just scheduling people to be in the House, scheduling people to be at committees, and trying to uh, ensure that all of our strengths are brought forward as much as they can be. Most people probably have a familiarity with the whip position through House of Cards, Frank <laughs> Underwood. Cam, would you say that you're the Frank Underwood of the NDP party? No, absolutely not. Uh, I like to think of it as as encouraging people to, to perform at their best uh, and giving them the opportunities for them to best represent their constituents. You know, we all are in this to, to do right by Alberta and, um, you know, uh, helping people to, you know, sometimes learning about public speaking and also training opportunities for MLAs uh, who might say, you know, s people might not be comfortable doing media interviews, for example. And so part of the WIPS uh, role is to, to help ensure that members are given opportunities for professional development and so that they can best represent their constituent. Taking a step back until you're on how you're making decisions about who should be speaking for various bills, how is that decision process made? Is it a collaborative process or is it more dictatorial? Uh, it's a very collaborative process. You know, everybody, everybody's constituency is affected by every piece of legislation. But, you know, there are 87 MLAs and we can't always necessarily speak at length uh, on every single piece of legislation. It, it's just not practical. And so what we try to do is, is have MLAs express interest uh, in, in various pieces of legislation. Um, so we also have uh, co-sponsors. So it's it's the ministers that kind of are responsible for creating the legislation and, and bringing it forward. Uh, but there are co-sponsors for each bill that can that help move the process through the legislature at the various stages. And you know the the whip's job is to kind of help make that happen. And so you know for example when there was a bill um, on the Forest and Prairie Protection Amendment Act helping protect communities against wildfire, for example. Uh, and knowing that that is a big issue in this constituency, that's something that I wanted to be a part of. Um, and so I was uh, able to be a co-sponsor for that bill. So that kind of gives an example of, of how that process works. And Cam, how did you how did you decide to become the deputy whip? Was it a job given to you or did you, like you say, express interest to become it? I had expressed interest. It's a position that's appointed by the premier. And so uh, the, the previous whip and deputy whip had uh, been promoted into cabinet. So those positions became available. And, you know, I, I really like participating in the decision-making process. And I really like rules of order and, and the kind of procedural aspect of the legislature. And so I had expressed my interest to the premier and, and she made her decision ultimately to appoint me to that. And it's something I'm really honored by. Let's talk about your role in engaging with 
municipalities and I guess larger stakeholder groups. How, how does that work? How, how do you engage with the town of, town of Banff, the town of Canmore, the MD of Bighorn, large governmental groups that have different portfolios and different roles in government than the provincial side? Mm -hmm. Well, our municipal partners are, you know, they're closest to the people that they serve. And so understanding the issues that municipalities face uh, in terms of their governance uh, is, is really fundamental for me to help do my job in the best way possible. Uh, you know, municipalities receive funding through the provincial government, uh, largely through uh, MSI grants, which is Municipal uh, Municipality Sustainability Initiative. And, you know, those are kind of no strings attached dollars that help deliver services in various municipalities. And so helping me to understand the issues and, and priorities that municipal governments have ultimately helps me do my job in general. And what's that, what are those meetings like, Cam? How are you balancing the overall picture for the entirety of Alberta versus, I guess, more specific uh, municipal concerns? Um, you know, I think one good example is the uh, Human Wildlife Roundtable, the Human Wildlife Coexistence Roundtable that we're part of. So that's a, a joint effort between the government of Alberta, uh, the towns of Canmore and Banff, and the Parks Canada as well. So we've got all these different jurisdictions ultimately trying to make the right decisions in terms of, of how humans and wildlife can coexist on the landscape and, and better manage wildlife populations. And it's, it's kind of a process where we all sit down at a table and understand the roles and responsibilities of each level of government, how we can collaborate together, cooperate uh, in, in terms of achieving the ultimate goal uh, that, that we're seeking. And so you know, it, it's really a consultative process where we, we, we sit down and, and we talk about things and we try and uh, find a way forward. That, that consultative process around the environment it really leads into something recently that happened in your, in your professional career here. Mm -hmm. You recently became the chair of a certain committee related to environmental yeah. issues. Yeah. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, the Environment Minister Shannon Phillips appointed me as the chair of the uh, Endangered Species Conservation Committee. Uh, so that's a committee that uh, assesses endangered and threatened wildlife and and uh, vegetation as well in in the province. There's a scientific subcommittee as, as part of the larger committee that uh, looks at recovery plans for endangered species and threatened species to try to bring their populations back, but also looking at populations that might go towards the threatened or endangered route and and try to avoid that as well. And so uh, in appointing me as the chair of that committee, Minister Phillips mentioned the work that I've done uh, with the Human Wildlife uh, Roundtable uh, here in Canmore, and also you know, looking at things like forestry practices and the way they affect threatened native trout species, for example. Uh, it's something that I've been passionate about uh, ever since the election. And I know that it's a priority for constituents too, and, and that's why I've put a real focus on it. So I guess really summing up here, Cam, pretty much everything you do as an MLA really has great interconnectivity between the various facets there. Your work in the municipality, your work with stakeholders, your work with environmental groups, just regular regular constituents. That, that's led you to a position where you can have some influence in government uh, regarding the environment. Mm -hmm. Cam, is there anything else you'd like to add to into that at all? Well, I, I really appreciate people in the constituency taking the time to help me understand their issues. Uh, I can't do my job effectively in a vacuum. You know, it, it's vitally important for me to, to get out and hear from people. You know, I, I'm not an expert in fields like tourism or small business, but I've been really fortunate to, to make great relationships with people in those fields who are experts. And they help me do my job 
to be an advocate for the things that are important to them uh, in terms of the provincial government. You know, one example is I know uh, the Canmar Chamber of, or sorry, the Bow Valley Chamber of Commerce is really interested in bringing high tech uh, and innovation firms to to the Bow Valley. Uh, and we've got some legislation coming forward that would support a wage subsidy for those jobs and also creating spaces in the post-secondary sector to train people so that we can have the talent created here in Alberta and retain that here with with jobs as well. Cam, if anybody needs to get a hold of you in order to have that consultative process or has concerns about the way the government's operating, how how do they get a hold of you? Uh, my office is here in Canmore, and I'm always happy to meet with uh, with folks there. My uh, contact information is on the Legislative Assembly website, but the phone number is 403-609-4509, and our email address is bamf.cochran at assembly.ab.ca. I'm always happy to meet with people and, and uh, hear from them and understand what their issues and concerns are and, and opportunities as well. Wonderful. Thanks for coming in today, Kim. Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. Downstream is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Outlook, located in the heart of the beautiful Bow Valley. This podcast was recorded at our newspaper studios in Canmore, produced and audio engineered by Aaron Toombs and published by Jason Lyon. For more from the Outlook, you can visit our website at rmoutlook.com.